happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next minute. Welcome back to the Basement Fellow Music Lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. And uh, we are we are at the end here. We are. This is our last album of the year. I think the number was 72 that we talked about. Some good, some bad, some not worth mentioning. And, uh, and uh, it was all, we had a great time. We had a great time doing it. Uh, but now we are here at the end. the The days are running out on 2016, uh, which is simultaneously the best and worst year I think that any of us had. And the album we're talking about today, Kadia Bonet's "The Visitor," is is an example of the best of of what we have experienced in 2016. Um, I'm gonna be doing that with my friends Marcus Moore from uh, Bandcamp. He's a senior editor up there. Writes for Pitchfork as well. And Marcus Dowling writes for Pitchfork, Bandcamp, and basically whoever <laughs> whoever will fucking have him. Um, that's not a joke. That's the guy is too busy. Um, and then, uh, but before we get to talking about that album, we're going to talk about what it means to be a music journalist here in 2016. It's an overwhelming year, uh, and uh, you know, even for someone who does this, I say part time, give about like 40 hours a week, 50 maybe into doing this outside a real job and. Um, uh, you know, but it's not my real job, and and uh, so for people like Marcus and Marcus, who it is their real job, just the the amount of of stuff that we've been hit with, and and the amount of quality stuff that we've been hit with, that not just we have to write about, we want to write about, or we want to talk about, it's been astounding. Twenty sixteen has been great, and this is uh, you know, we're talking about one of the the. Later releases, one of the greater releases of 2016, but uh, also how we got there and what we, what we really sort of what it's like to wade through all this awesome. That's the best way I can put it. We're gonna be talking about that, and we're also gonna be playing a track from April and Vista, a DC band uh, that sadly um, slipped my radar for a long, long time. Look back through my emails and been hitting us up since 2015. Uh, but so it goes, uh, because we're talking about them now. And so we're going to have a track from them uh, that you're going to hear. And I think you're going to gonna like it. And that's your podcast. So, without further ado, if you guys are ready to head to the basement, let's go. Uh, you ready to hang out with me and Marcus and Marcus talking about Kajabanes, The Visitor? Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, welcome back, gentlemen. We are, uh, we are down here to talk about a. Uh, I think shit's gonna get like sort of funky here in, in a little bit. Oh yeah. Uh, how do you say, Kaja? Kaja. 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 Okay. Kaja mm-hmm. Bonet, uh, Los Angeles musician. 
uh, no determined age or point of origin, which we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll get the into. Best, the best thing. Uh, <laughs> she has now out. I don't know if it'll be out. When does it come out? Is it twenty eighth? It's out. It's out. Oh, it is out. Uh, okay, yeah, it came out Friday. It, yeah, Friday. So, yeah. so the visitor, uh, not the EP, the LP is out now. Uh, before we get to that, though. I want to revisit something that I've been thinking a lot about. And I know we've talked about uh, down here before. Uh, as we as we get to the end of 2016, um, you know, we've seen the industry do a little some shakes and shimmies, you know, and and what what's coming out, what's becoming popular, what's being reported on, how it's being reported on. So I wanted to revisit our talk of what we're supposed to do as music journalists and what we should be talking about. Because the more I have been doing this this year, and this has been, I think, super busy for all of us. Just the sheer number of shit. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I had a conversation with uh, Aaron Abernathy, and we were talking about in general year, there's maybe like 15 albums you can take forward. This year, mm-hmm. there's maybe like 70. Like, yeah. like legitimate. Yeah. Of course. Easily. You know, so I want to revisit what it is we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to how we're supposed to do this job, not only when there's this much volume, but like, is it, for me, my big question is, is, are we at a point where we have to pull back and and only talk about stuff that we like, or are you guys the guys reach that point a long time ago? Um. Well, because you guys do it professionally. I mean, you, you yeah. get paid to do this. Yeah. I do not. It's it's a that's a very difficult. It's a very difficult balance. At least for me, I can't speak for yeah. Marcus, but it's just yeah. like I feel like. You know, we we're all like music nerds, okay? We yes, all right. love music. So anytime you get something in your inbox and you read the press release or whatever and it seems interesting or it seems intriguing, you're going to listen to it. So after a while you kind of develop this intuition. So I think for indie artists like Kaja or um Shabaka Hutchings or whoever, mm-hmm. I think it's important to kind of carry that banner for people like them because we we're fans of their music and they need to break through to another level or break through to some sort of midstream or whatever. Right. Um, so you can talk about what's bad out there, but I think this has been such an extraordinary year that there's been so much great coming out that some of the bad stuff's kind of gone unnoticed, at least for me. And, and I don't even know if it's, if it's talking about bad stuff, but for example, like I didn't, we, we did a podcast on this, but it was completely unnecessary for us to do a podcast on Bonnie Vare's album. Right, right, <laughs> right. And, I, and if you want my judgment on that, you can go listen to that episode. But it's it's fabulous. Um, but you know, in hindsight, in doing that, I'm like, well, why did why did I do that? Why why did I, you know, I know maybe hits will get. Yeah, you know, I know it's in the culture, but like, is that serving anything? Is you guys' voices are a little more amplified well, than mine? And and yeah. what what does that serve? Yeah. And. Whichever one of you guys. Yeah, I'll, you guys. I'll, I'll say um, there's there's two things about like being a journalist in 2016 that are important. Um, number one, it's uh, narrowing the zeitgeist, like because it's it's shifting. Like the zeitgeist, it's like when Kanye said he was doing a, a wheelie on the zeitgeist. That was like the beginning of like the thing is moving. Like we're we're moving, we're shifting, we're going into the next generation of like creativity and underground music. Mm-hmm. It's raising rising to the mainstream, and. Um, you know, Kendrick's record was very important in that as well because he made a black record and he opened up black music again. And, uh, you know, the Bonnie Vare record is important because the Bonnie Vare record places, places to me a period stop end of the hipster era of music that, like, the last decade of, like, you know, people dallying in tropes of 
music that they aren't necessarily comfortable in and right. trying to create new understandings. And we, we kind of hit a period there. And the Bonnie Vera was perfect as a period, like, okay, stop, we're done. And now we're kind of like feeling our way around. So like narrowing the zeitgeist, like understanding like what's happening, why is it happening, who is this person It's brand new. We talked about a lot of new artists this year. Mm-hmm. A lot of like brand new artists or a lot of artists that, you know, like we just talked about Anderson Pock, who like reconstituted himself. He went from Breezy Lovejoy to Anderson Pock. And like, he was new when mm-hmm. we talked about him earlier this year. Right. Like, yeah, not anymore. New. Exactly. You know, knowledge, yeah. a producer, like, who has emerged in the same way that Dilla, like, emerged as this, like, iconic yeah, and... production, you know, like, sound of a generation. So, for me, that's a lot of that. And also, I think it's important as a journalist is to be able to highlight the music that people should be listening to to understand where the creativity is coming from. Uh, we're going to get into that in this podcast, actually. Yeah. But like being able to like be smart enough as a journalist, I think that there's a not that I'm a genius, or not that you're a genius, or not yeah. that you know Brianna or Julian or any of the other journalists or God for anybody that comes down here is genius. But just being able to like identify precisely if you are truly an appreciator of music at this time in this generation, these are other things that you should be listening to so you can understand where this could be headed. Like, ideally, like the Kendrick record... And why it exists. Right, yeah. 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 The Kendrick record and the Solange record are great in that way, in the sense that they, like, open up the conversation to, like, listen to the great quartet of Stevie Wonder records in the 70s, listen to all of Sly and the Family Stone's entire discography, listen to Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, Uh, you know, and if you listen to, like, you know, the underground dance stuff, like, listen to a lot of, like, 80s synth pop, listen to, like, kind of like that, you know, happy space between, like, soul music and techno that exists. Like, do that and listen to that. And that's our job as journalists. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel a real need to do that. Like when I reviewed Ab's record for Pitchfork, mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I mentioned Adore by Prince because yeah. that's an important and iconic record that like people are going, that's going to get overwrought to the point. I was so happy when he played it live because yeah, I was yeah. like, like I kicked, I kicked the ground because I was yeah. like, yes, because this is going to be a trope that we're going to hear over and over again. Like when Robert Glasper does Human League's Human. Yeah. That's a which, thing that, Which we got schooled on. We got schooled to, on to that. To that listener, <laughs> I was so, we, the three of us are here now. We, we humbly <laughs> accept your schooling. Yeah. yeah. So it's that's, like, like that's going to be a thing that's like, that's going to be a trope. Like that's going to go over and over and over again. Like the fact that like. Know those Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis records. Like, that's our job as journalists. If I'm not, to me as a journalist, if I'm not identifying the creative impulses that these brilliant people, and they're brilliant, the people that are making music that's winning in 2016 are brilliant, almost unequivocally brilliant. Not like 10 years ago, it was people that were just wildly creative. Like, it was like MIA was wildly creative. Throwing shit at a like I'm gonna throw Baltimore Baltimore Club and Ballet Funk in a blender. Yeah. And that's that's my creative force. I just had the common sense to throw these two wildly seemingly dissonant sounds into a blender and I don't know what the fuck's gonna come out, but some shit's gonna come out and it's gonna be whatever. But like now you're dealing with like actual alchemists who are like scientifically brilliant and understand the science of the music, who are like, I know to grab this thing and that thing, and if I put them together, it's going to sound great. 
and I'm going to carefully put them into this blender. And what's going to come out is going to be this beautifully crafted, sonorous, amazing thing. And it's my job, and it's probably your job, and your job too, hosting mm. this podcast as well, to be able to know exactly what those things are and why they're important. But, I mean, by that definition, you're talking about Mumford & Sons. But that's not... You know, oh. not my, no, I mean, it's true. It's I mean, I've talked with uh, Louis Weeks about that. You yeah. Know, and, and it's like they have the formula perfected. You know, and I think that idea of narrating the zeitgeist is is right. But at what point... Do we take our knowledge and, and do we assume – and this heads down sort of a dangerous path, I think, as a reporter or journalist or anything and, and attempt to uh, shape the zeitgeist because, yeah. you know, you see it more than us because you're at Bandcamp. You can you have access to every single thing that is coming into Bandcamp, right. which is now a major distribution force. Yeah. And even with as, as – much as you advocate for there's exponentially more stuff that just goes by the wayside yeah and that, and that's always the the troubling thing for me because i'm one of these people where it's like i want to catch everything so yes. like anytime i get an email talking about hey this is what i'm doing i'm gonna check it out even if it's something i don't like or something i'm not into i'm gonna listen because i don't want to miss anything but given just the sh like you said the sheer volume of things that are coming out just this year or just the past couple of years it's just it's insane. Like there's yeah. no way to keep up. So the only thing you can, you can do is just catch all that you can. I mean, not to sound, you know, t totally morbid or anything like that, but you, the only thing you can do is cover everything that you can and the stuff that you missed. You can always go back and recatch it, or you can go back and you right. can tell people about it or whatever. Cause I've done that where it's like, Oh, well I didn't get an opportunity to cover it, but Hey, here, still check this out. Maybe you can yeah. do something with it. There's, which is which is actually, I think, what what we all do now. Yeah. You're hip to something. You're like, you send it, I send it, and like, mm -hmm. you, that's actually how the site started. I was like, here's this music you might not have heard of, and I'm going to send it to you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's something to think about too. Like I'm 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 troubled by this a little bit, in the sense that in the blog era when we first started with this thing, like maybe 10, 12, 15 years ago, like there were so many sites that funneled into a general public opinion. Now there are few sites on top and the music is so refined mm -hmm. that it slides very comfortably into these two silos. And, and we, we work for both of the silos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, there's two of them right now. Two. There's Pitchfork and, and there's Bandcamp. And there's a there's a weird thing happening, and I'll I'll just talk about it because hell we should talk about it. Yeah. Um, where the two things don't necessarily cross pollinate yet, and I hope that they never do, because if they cross pollinate, then we're getting one steady stream of like very refined, like we're back to the monoculture. Overly well, that's where we're go. That's what I and that's what I'm afraid of is that there's a monoculture developing musically in the sense that like there's like the soul thing happening and then there's this very like kind of like refined techno thing happening and those are the two best forms of music because they've been so refined like we went through 15 years where we like pulled all the best influences from all of this stuff and now we're starting to get like this and the music is beautiful yeah. yes but it's also starting to get to a point even after the end of one year because so much good music came out this year mm -hmm. that you're starting to really get a sense of like, 
if it doesn't sound like that or that, then it's not good. Well, and, and the thing is that even even worse is that there are only two places that quote unquote matter in the conversation of whether or not that music gets down and out to mainstream culture at large. And that's actually why I wanted to discuss this because what I've seen, uh, I've seen uh, some really good PR people. Now their emails go in my remix folder because they're repping people who do do remixes, Yeah, which that's fine. That's not moving shit forward. Exactly. Like that's not. uh, So I am seeing this from the inside sort of fall apart a little, but you look at what, the pitches we get and and say hey would you like to talk about this track that premiered on some such and such site like no i would not because you premiered it on such and such site that's not news that you like put it somewhere else yeah like Mm -hmm. if you uh we were talking about this earlier today you know if you're an artist or a pr person you want somebody to talk about your, your stuff send them the whole thing and send it to them early right yeah be proud of it understand the product that you're repping whether you're the person who created it or you're the person who's got hired to represent it, and then send it out to people who you want to talk about it. Period. I mean, that's the best exactly. way to do it. Exactly. I mean, and it, and it seems like easy math, you know, because right. we've all been, the people who you want to write about it, who've been, they've been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you, if I'm an artist and I know, okay, I have this project that I really want to get out there, I'm going to send it to you, Kevin. I'm going to send it to you, darling. I'm sending it to Julie and Brianna. I'm sending it to people where I know, like, okay, even if it's not their thing, they have a network of people that they can pass this along to where you can get somewhere and do something. Right. But we have so many people where it's like, oh, well, I made this thing, but I want to keep it to myself. And then when it yeah. comes out and no one cares, then they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe I don't have the financial backing. But it's like, well, no, you could have just sent the music. We're not yes. going to we're not going to bootleg your album, bro. Just God. like you send it. Yeah. <laughs> and, if we, and if we do, then God, then, then that's actually a good thing because we're not going to bootleg it to a circle of people that aren't going to be And you're impactful. weeding out the we're, irresponsible We're not going to bootleg journals. it like the Bonnie Vera album got bootlegged. Yeah. How so, about that? So, yeah. like, I mean, it's it's there's one good thing about monoculture. One good thing is that if you make really great music right now and you put the music into the machine, it explodes mm-hmm. like explodes like boom, like Anderson Pac made a great album with Malibu. Yeah. He put that album into a very specific machine that is like now very refined. Cause uh, think about this also, all the people that are, quote unquote top journalist not that I am a top journalist or you're a top journalist whatever that means but for people who are not in this room who look at the the artifice of music journalism and go top journalist we've been doing this for like 10 straight years yeah yeah 15 straight years 20 straight years and now our process is refined for understanding what we like musically and, and we can and we can get the words out in a way that's like Bam! We know the the words that hit and and make the thing move. Mm-hmm. And it takes that long. I mean, to the point about what you were talking about how uh, you know getting stuff out to people and, and stuff is is I I feel the complaints where people are like, oh, well, criticism is nothing. Although generally, if that's coming from a band, that's because you, you aren't making good stuff. Right. Like that, that's a general <laughs> rule. If people aren't talking about it, it's not necessarily because they're just not getting it. Yes, like, it's, not it, it's just not good enough. And 
you know, when you have people who've been doing it for as long as you have, as long as you have, mm-hmm. that I can look to and like say, oh, like you said, I missed this, right. but I know this person's talking about it, and I can look to that and be like, yeah, that sounds interesting, but that doesn't, and I'll get that. That that's such a vital like filter to have, regardless of what you think about like Pitchfork, regardless right. of what you think about any mm-hmm. outlet. You know, you have to have that, and you trust your outlets, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know. Some the the idea that we have two big two. ones and everything is segmented off like that is getting a little tiresome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I I guess I can go to no depression if I just want to hear about you know alt <laughs> right. country, yeah, uh, or whatnot. I mean, and that's to be expected because these these publications have to make music. But the important thing I think people have to remember in all this it is the music. You guys love getting paid for this. I love doing this. But, like, at the end of the day, it's the music that's important. See, and that's the thing. And I see you wanted to get in there. Yeah, but yeah, I'll, yeah. Just, I'll just jump in yeah, real no, it's all just good. Really it's quick. all good. Just go for really it. Go quick. for it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was just me making a point. Like, I'm just like, oh, shit. How you, um, how you said, like, right now, and I don't know. I'm from the inside looking out, so I, I don't know if I can agree. But, like, it's Pitchfork and it's Bandcamp. Yeah. I can only speak for my email. My email is crazy now. So, I guess, you know, we... We have arrived or whatever, but at the same time, no. When the New York Times, that was, I still can't believe that. <laughs> Put your face in the, in it's the in publication. The paper. But at the there same time, go. like I do this all the time because it's it's about the art. If it's something that we've already covered or we're gonna cover, right? I have no problems opening up my G chat, G chatting it to Mark Richardson, G chatting it to Jason. Like, hey, mm-hmm. we're gonna do something with this. This is pretty fucking rad. You should probably get somebody to review this. Or yeah. Whatever. I have no problem doing that because it's about the music. I mean, granted, I love what I do, but at the same time, I know I'm not the, the only voice. You aren't trying to get the scoop either. I don't because right. it's, it's about like, music. It's like I don't feel that that's fair to the artist if I just oh well, I have the ad record and I'm keeping it to myself. It's like no, here's the ad record. This <laughs> you can only awesome. listen to it on like stereo <laughs> right, for no. the first week. Like, right. no. No, hands off. Hey. No, it's like no. I I send stuff to Jason and Mark and Ryan and all them all the time, like yeah. like multiple times that's, a week. That's the thing I wanted to get to is that that's the beauty of like you have like A and B and they're 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 dissimilar but similar when necessary exactly and uh, and here's the other point I wanted to make about like the the growth of a monoculture that's also wonderful is that if you make music that falls outside of the monocultural view and there is such a thing as a monocultural view because there is it happens it just actually happens because like you know like people are people and that's just what we do if you make music that falls outside of the monocultural view um this is the time where you start independent culture at the grassroots level mm-hmm. and you start to like represent for your stuff like i'm really mad that there's like like and not because i have i secretly harbor desires to write about country music which is absolutely 110 percent true but there's no indie underground alt country thing that's happening on in the blogosphere like when i start not, not any that gets any impact yeah, that's say, unfortunate yeah. because to me like when there needed to be a voice for mia who was making music that wasn't bad boy don't kill can't stop won't stop like there was an entire blogosphere that existed to allow her and diplo and a track and nick catch dubs and skrillex and all these people to like rise and develop and grow and evolve and become significant eventually like this is when that starts this is when that thing should be happening mm-hmm. and it's frustrating to me because i don't see it happening for like the country that's not being pushed by nashville 
or the 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 right. dance music that's not you know like techno slash house with soul samples that sound like top 40 you know like if if you're not making that if, if you don't create the culture for that to like create the cycle then we're really in a bad place mm-hmm. because then we're going to be well, like literally monoculture for the next like 20 to 40 we, years. We may be because I, I think outside of like people like us and like the people we know, I, I think this stuff is something that I forget uh, constantly. And I take for granted. It's so tied to commerce, right? Everything, you yeah. know, if I even take it back to like a site level and stuff, you know, some people take us seriously and I, that's fine. Some people don't, that's fine too. But the second we get ad support, Everybody takes it seriously. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. And it's like, oh, money's involved. And that, yeah. that is that is just the worst instinct mm-hmm. of of all humanity. One of mm-hmm. them. One of them. Because uh like it gets back to you focus on the art. Like this stuff right. is going on. It doesn't matter if there's a val- a monetary value that you have been reporting it. It might matter to you personally because you get paid by the piece. Right. But the reality is, is like what matters. Like, okay, this is important. This is moving through, and now I have to help bring it up. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 frustrating for me because I see it on both sides. Like, I started making zero dollars right yeah. on a Blogspot blog that I updated every single day, painstakingly, knowing I was like losing money, but understanding that like I was contributing to a larger culture that demanded a voice for this music that I cared passionately about. So it was care that went into it. Mm-hmm. And like now it's funny because the same music I was writing about for zero dollars, I write about for significantly more than zero dollars. And you're like, wow, that's weird. And then at the same time, it's like in my heart, I'm like, wow, I would love it if somebody sent me like a young black female singing country music that I could write about for zero dollars and start another thing. Cause that would be great. Cause I don't see that anywhere in the world. And that's a thing that should exist. And it's like it absolutely is, and it's like frustrating. You're like, come on, people, like, rise up, because where this is going is a real like. Well, that gets into shaping place. the zeitgeist, right? And yeah, that's the, so, like, if you want to produce, if you want to produce a podcast of just you talking about that, we won't make any money, but but you will get that voice. No, out. I know it's mm-hmm. it's that frustration point also of like I have to pay rent, and then I look at yeah, that and I go, exactly. and I, and there's only 24 hours in a day. And 20 hours of those days are spent with me, like, actually making, like, commerce because I'm a freelancer. And I, I get, because that's the hard part, too, is, like, so, is that in this gig economy, because let's, let's get into it's a gig economy, fuzzy yeah. catchphrase terms now. Like, I work in a gig economy, and so many other writers work in a gig economy. Yeah. And you're like, oh, crap. Like, I have everything that I do, all every single hour of my day has to be consumed by the earning of wealth totally on some level and then you're like crap i also want to do this thing that literally makes me negative money yeah and you're like and you have to look at you're looking at left hand versus right hand you're like do i take from the left hand and funnel into the right and at what point do i still remain sustainable and can i even do it and then it's like and then you're looking around to like to impress upon other people the desire that maybe they should do this thing but then at the same time they're looking at you like well, I just want to be like you. So how do I get here? And then you have to be right. like, well, you know, you're going to have to do this for like X number of years and make zero dollars doing it. And then they're like, but wait, like, don't you actually like, and you're like, yeah, but, and then you right. feel like, and I then get you that feel too. like absolute shit because you're like, I've, I'm telling somebody to like, 
do the antithesis of what it is that I do, and I know that that's their dream to get where I am. Yeah, and it's but like, you got to put in the work though. Yeah, because I get that a lot too. Where it's like, well, how did you make it? That's like, well, first of all, what I don't think I did, but at the same time. You have to put in those hours. They weren't around for like, you know, okay, how am I going to pay this bill? Yeah. Oh, do I have enough gas in my car to get down to the show? You know, that kind oh, yeah. of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. And, and now, more. I know you're a humble dude. You made it. <laughs> well, like, I you, appreciate you it. Are, you are, uh, uh, you know, he, he correctly identified as those two silos that's going into. Oh, you, man. You, you took Bandcamp, which was already a massive force. In, into a massive force of journalism. Oh, It wouldn't have happened without you and the people you work with. So. Man, respect. I appreciate so, that a lot. Shout out to Jess Skolnick, by the way. Yeah. Man, listen. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, what about me? Let's keep talking. No, 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 no. I'm keeping on, keeping on message, but Jess is amazing. Yeah. You know. Uh, shout out. And, and that's how I, I want to wrap this up so we can talk about this kick-ass music. But I. Shout out to Jason Green, too. Yeah. But that's a thing, and I think it is a yeah. thing in in what we do, and also what if you're a musician, what you do, you have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. We just saw Aaron Abernathy's show. This How is about it. putting work. This is this is a <laughs> this is a minutes. This is a DIY album. He made it in his basement. Mm-hmm. This is uh, a guy who has toured the world, working his ass off with Black Milk. This is a guy who has studied. This is a guy who has put in the hours that he needs to get this done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, uh, Ab and Nat Turner are the best band in D.C., period. By far. And, I give you that. Yep. No and, and it's all because they put in the work. And there weren't a lot of people there that are all about that. So, which, which I'm we make, got a review coming up. So. I'll make one quick point about that. Just one quick point. Because, yeah. uh, you know, guy in my, guy in my wheelhouse. Um, takes 10 years to be an overnight success yeah it does mm-hmm. that's that's real talk i'm at year eight so <laughs> if you're at year five not that i know anybody at year five yeah i might a couple people you know we're, we're looking eye to eye because we, yeah, we know yeah, no, okay. yeah um you gotta put in the work you really gotta work and and the thing about putting in the work is that you have to be cognizant of the 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 the, the scene around you and um, if you're in specifically like Washington, D.C. or Austin, Texas or uh, Portland, Oregon or Brooklyn, New York, everything is leveled up. Mm-hmm. Like Aaron Abernathy got on stage and literally played the history of funk music in 90 minutes. Yes, he did. He really did. So like if, if you're not doing that, if you make, um, you know, like if you make uh, ambient indie rock. You better know the history of ambient indie rock and be able to like recite that. In 90 minutes on yeah. a stage every time not not only note perfect but doing so of your own essence so that you could stand a- alongside it and not under it well and talk right. about narrating the zeitgeist there it is that's that's what aaron is doing there it is totally he is he is because he, i've said this many times like yeah what's what's the music of of dc soul music soul music mm-hmm. jazz music mm-hmm. go go it all came from that place yeah and by doing the work, by narrating Zeitgeist, he's bringing it to you in a different format. And we, we're lucky that we get to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, Here it uh, is. But, um. Shout out to Ad, man. Fuck yeah. Yes. <laughs> that dude is legit. <laughs> the, most, uh, the most legit in the city right now. Absolutely. By far. Uh, let's talk about another legit individual. Super uh, legit. Here we go. Put on your uh, bell bottoms and get ready. Cause <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Honeycomb, 
Visitor, name of that song is Honeycomb. That is actually the first single uh, off this album. Mm-hmm. If you found yourself transported to Shaft Part Seven, possibly in space, uh, you are oh. you are absolutely correct. Shaft now, in space was in 1977. Yeah, I don't have a lot of notes on this because there's not actually a lot to tell about her. Yeah, she's yeah. pretty has obfuscated like her history. This is, I mean, this is build the mystery around her. Uh, although one question, this may be a little gauche, but I have to wonder, like, is she a spawn of Bonet, as in Lisa Bonet? Oh no, the last name was chosen on purpose. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, has to absolutely be. has to be. Like, um, there's no no other way. You know, this was released earlier as a uh, as an EP. Um, it has some of these songs. A few of the songs that are on the end of this, I think, weren't on the EP. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah, the EP had a whole bunch of like like remixes and things of that nature. Uh, and. Uh, and now we're here with a full-length album. Um, it is, as you can tell, a throwback album. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a sound we haven't seen since Shirley Bassey. Shirley Bassey, uh, exactly. Talking, you're talking black exploitation films. You're talking James Bond themes. You're talking the the, the '60s, but the '60s in a um, you always see in, in movies. There were the uh, in black culture. There was always the groovy side of the black culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know the afro that is like out to uh, have my arms out. But you know, you know what I'm yeah, talking about. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's way out there, and it's way out there. And and to my mind, like I know we have artists that like to revisit this a lot and incorporate it into their music. But nobody this year, for sure, has has gone in and so faithfully like reproduced mm. that sound. It's 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 only funny because um, I. I'm a big fan of like this this era of of humanity, like sixty seven to like seventy two, in L A. When like black people first arrived to L A. and like L A. was like this like weird hippie like 
you know, like hub. And then you have like black creatives from like everywhere else in America, like landing in LA and like being like, okay, well, this is what they do in LA. So we're going to do it too. And the same thing is happening in LA right now where like the, the kind of like free thinking dance culture that was like established in LA is now getting mixed in with like, you know, black folk that are, you know, like migrating out there for musical purposes. And you have a certain number of African-American artists that have been in this scene now for like three to five years. Mm -hmm. And the music that they're making is, is like erring towards this, but like it still retains a lot of like these kind of like top 40 impulses, even Anderson stuff. Yeah. Totally. And uh, Esperanza Spalding. Solange. Esperanza, Solange. 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 All of it, that, right. I, I think for that. And, yeah, Kamasi. But all, Cat, their, yeah. all their stuff airs top 40. Because it's right. like they still have this sense of like we still, we still have to make pop records. Because they're still in that notion of like we have to make pop records because that they're still industry people. Like mm-hmm. Kamasi's still a session player. Right. So he still knows like industry. He's still thinking like Grammy. Mm-hmm. If Kajwa never, never won a Grammy, as long as she lived, I think she'd be okay. Oh yeah, totally. Like, like, cause there's this other side now that gets to exist where it's like, you're just kind of like, I, I have four producer friends who live in a house in LA. And uh, the guy who made me a fan of Kajwa Monet many moons ago, oftentimes visits this house. And he tells me about things that happen in this house. Where like they they they're like you know like women who are yogis just kind of like breeze through, and they kind of like bring their essence into the house. Very California, and that's what they talk about. They bring this this girl brings her essence into the house, and it's so warm and Mm -hmm. so inviting. And then I listen to this record, and I'm like, it's like oh, it's not just that it's cinematic, but it's also of this like essence of like peace and humanity and like thoughtfulness and mindfulness yeah. is another buzz phrase yeah that that exists and it's there and you're just like okay good like i'm happy to see that like the anderson park record malibu that came out in february january january, january we're now in this will be playing in november november yeah we're in november and in 11 months, we've gone from Anderson Park making this record and everybody going, ah, oh my God, what the hell is going <laughs> yeah. on? So like now in November, Kaja Bonet's like, I'm going to make this jazz is Shirley Bassey, Brit, jazz, soul, alt left thing and just kind of throw don't, it out don't there. Don't leave out psychedelic. Psychedelic super thing. super psychedelic, yeah. And I'm just going to like just throw it out there and let it float into the essence yep. and, you know, rise into the ether and become a thing. It's crazy. It's like it's only been eleven months. That's wild. So, so, so more. I think I, I've started to get a handle on what you like <laughs> a little bit. I think, and, I think and, the word is and, out. And, and sometimes I'm a little bit surprised, and, and I'm not actually uh, that surprised that you like this. But yeah. I think I think this is like a little less traditional than uh, usually is your jam. Yeah, I mean, oh, really? That's how I come off? I thought I came off no, as no, like no, the I weird, mean, like... No, 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 I think so. It's that innocent pocket in that blood orange review, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. it is. Maybe. No, 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 because you got you got a healthy respect for all that, but, like, it's really the more jazz, like the yeah, little totally. Mavula. Totally. Like that, oh, yeah. that, 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 that's true, your jam, true. and that's, that's, your, no, that's, that's your lane. That's so. fair, that's fair. I just, I can just say, like, I think I remember when I sent you all the record, like, I just kind of stumbled across it because... Let me back up. At Bandcamp, we're doing our top 100. Mm-hmm. We we're kind of hashing out what's going to be won and going all the way through. And then um, 
I re- I don't remember where this name came from, but I was like, oh, it's Kanye Benet record. Let me let me see what this is about. And I played it, and it was just like, oh, like okay. And I sent an email right away, like, guys, this needs to be like in the top twenty, like at least, you know. And it's just one of those things where years ago I was really really heavy into like Roberta Flack. Yeah. Yes. Like I was like, this reminds like, me like of two Rob- years ago or twenty. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I, I kind of came in on the back end, so okay. like like fifteen years ago, it was right, like, right. oh, and I just bought everything. Yeah. Um, but it reminded it reminds me a lot of like Roberta and like Minnie Ripperton, where it's like it's more Minnie than like Minnie, Roberta. I was say, yeah, more Minnie because it has like these these floating orchestral themes, and it feels like it was recorded on analog tape, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just like, and like to your point, Marcus, where you can tell she's not really going for like the radio, the top 40, whatever. Right. She just decided, okay, I'm going to go. I'm just going to make this crazy record. I'm going to put out this crazy bio and just retain this air of mystery. And let's just see what happens. And right. shout out, shout out fresh, uh, fresh selects, uh, run by Kenny, Kenny mm-hmm. fresh. Um, they're put, they actually put it out and they have a whole suite of that kind of stuff on Bandcamp with like all this crazy music that just falls in line with this record. Yeah. So um, there's a, there's a thing that I, I really appreciate about music in 2016. It's one of my favorite things. It's like there's a generation of like awesome young black people who like grew up around musical theater and grew up playing every instrument because their parents probably wanted them to grow up right. having this very traditional sort of upbringing where musical theater being actors, actresses, whatever. And also playing every instrument because they could have access to like, okay, well, I want to have my child play the piano and play the harpsichord or whatever. And, you know, like have them have be multi-instrumentalists who also understand like theatricality. So mm. like the thing that I like the most about this record and I wrote the review for Pitchfork. So just yeah, yeah. full disclosure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. full disclosure. Um, it's that the record feels amazing. Yeah, it yeah, feels totally. like you're just like this is euphoria, the definition of it, and uh, it's it's because like I haven't heard a record this theatrical in in its oeuvre of African American female artists who think theatrically since like Janelle Monae. Yeah, the Arc Android. Yes, it's the Arc Android because it's yeah. like okay, like I'm a, I'm a I'm not a not a musician, but I. I am a creative artist who put out a record. And and, and that's that's the one thing that I'll say is to its de- detriment is that it's more theatrical in its excellence than it is musical in its excellence. I feel like there's another level of excellence in Kaja as an as as a as musician, yeah, yeah. Kind of, so you feel like she kind of held back a little bit. No, it's not that she held well, back. I think that there's there's a level of like not knowing, right? That will come with the like like say like with Janelle, like watching her evolve as this like creative artist, and as she gets access to like a higher level of musician, and also learns a higher level of musicianship, the records only get better. Yeah, her. her next one's probably going to be even more insane if it right. ever comes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's like a there's like a Pepsi contract I think that's involved in all yeah. that. You know, she got like real Pepsi deals, so like Pepsi money involved could happen. Let's, you never know. Let's let's hit a track up. But I, I'll ask you guys. I was thinking uh, Fairweather Friend, but if you guys want to throw something else on, we can um, do that. I want I want to play like I like Francisco myself. Oh, Francisco. You want to do Francisco? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Let's do Francisco. Uh, this is Francisco off of uh, the Visitor. 
Francisco off of the visitor, uh, Kadia Bonet, Kadia Bonet, uh, that is, uh, of an idiom that, again, we haven't seen, this is, I think this is one of the album's strengths and one of its weaknesses, we haven't seen that since, like, if I want to put on the Shaft soundtrack, if I want to put on the Across 110th Street soundtrack, and I, I'm just cherry picking the, the the actual like the the most obvious like black exploitation films of the of mm. the day and stuff. Mm. If I want to put that on, you know, I mentioned up up 
stairs. I was like, you know, a song like that is is you know when when you know little Slim got shot in the you know he's bleeding <laughs> right. down the street and and, and and it's a cinematic view and uh, she, um, what's fascinating to me for her as a musician is that she is a string player. She's a horn player. Mm-hmm. All those beautiful arrangements you just heard not only did she arrange them and write them she played them mm-hmm. like this is this is practically a one-woman show right and for that clarity of of vision through that that's amazing but uh to echo one of your thoughts off mike uh more the, it might be the appetizer it I, might yeah it might be she just stepped into this and it's gonna figure it out. I think so. I think so. Now I yeah, see yeah, you want to yeah. jump no, in. It's there. all good. It's all good. I, um, it's like when I when I listen to it, as great as this record is, I also am kind of taken aback by how, just how short it is. Because I mean, let's just be honest. Like certain people, and we were also talking off mic about like Moses Sumney, right? Uh-huh. Yes, He's an amazing talent. His voice is incredible. Yes, to the point where it's like you want to hear more. And that was the thing that kind of took I took away from this one, where it's like as great as this record is, it is twenty nine minutes, and it kind of leaves you wanting more. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Dowling, after your review, after the Bandcamp feature goes up this week, more and more people are going to be talking about it. And so then the next one, I feel like is going to be like the epic, like all in record. Whereas this, it's like people, it's going to be one of those cult classics, you know, where it's like, when you look back years from now, it's like, oh yeah, that Kaji Bonet, the visitor, that was really good. You know, you're finding it some dusty record bin somewhere, but everyone's going to remember her for the, like the big sophomore album that she comes out yeah. with. That's where I want to find it now though. Yeah. Like, I want to find that. And yeah, on my way back to my place, I got a bag of shrooms and I'm going to just, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put this on. I'm going to fucking chill. I'm a, you know, the old, uh, record players had like the speaker built in and just sit yeah. on your bookcase. Like just, just that shit. Yeah. Like, All right. This is, Ooh. I mean, cause it's, 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 uh, a, a new rating system. It's rad as fuck. Like this is, uh, this really is. There's a special place in my heart for stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because if you don't know, uh, if you are too young to know what black exploitation was, you know, this was a lot of the first times that black culture was getting in the mainstream, and they mm-hmm. did it yeah. by exploiting things. Yes, uh, you know, like women and violence, and yes. and reinforced a lot of stereotypes, but also still exposed people to mm-hmm. uh, differences that were perceived. But the music of these things was like of the time, and, yeah. and it was brilliant. It was astounding. Every every single piece was brilliant because where people are fucking with it, like pop music, mm-hmm. these guys are having to soundtrack stuff with songs. Exactly. And you know, you take uh, you know people like Revere, people like John Prine, like story songs and stuff. Back to 110th Street. Yeah. Anything on that is a story song, and mm-hmm. and. And it hit the charts. I yeah, mean, come on. Of course. I mean, it, it, it hit it. Yeah. So um, there's two things. Number one, um, every single black artist that did a black exploitation soundtrack, you heard them in a sense that you had never heard them before mm-hmm. when they did a soundtrack. So like when like James Brown does Black Caesar, you're hearing like James Brown, like imagining himself as like this like composer conductor orchestral artist he was creating right but 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 you had never seen him in that sense because he had never had a film to score right same thing with curtis mayfield with uh superfly same thing with willie hutch with um with uh foxy brown same thing with uh isaac hayes with with shaft and uh it's and so 
to that point, it was it was strange for me when I'm trying to review the record because I'm like, I could just compare it to a bunch of black guys. And that didn't feel fair. Mm-hmm. So I had to like really think. I'm like, okay, so like there's like some found essence here. And there's like music that's creating. So the thing that I, I came up with and uh, is, is Sgt. Pepper Soul. Because it's in a sense of like, because the Beatles... When the Beatles went off to, you know, go off with the with with the yoga, with the Maharishi, and do their, you know, like yoga practice and developing yeah. like understanding of like you know their spirituality, they came back with Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which is this record that's like completely different than everything else the Beatles had made to that point. It was like they all of a sudden became like or anybody else, right? Right. That point. right. <laughs> so it's like in the same sense, the Contrabone era. If you listen, if you're listening to music actively, pop music, music that the blogs tell you you should listen to. If you're like, say, like my mentees who are 24 years old and you're like listening to only the music that like the blogs say, listen to this 100 million times. This record's going to come out and just smack you upside the head because you're like, what? What? What is this? What? Doesn't make any sense. Well, back to what we were talking about, like narrating the zeitgeist in the, in the, in the yeah. first segment of this. Like, this is not doing that. No, and that's that's amazing. And this is something that that I, uh, you know, if you're an artist listening to us talking about this, like do this because I did not know I wanted this at all, and then I heard it. I'm like, this is exactly what I want. This stands outside of every single thing that's been done this year mm-hmm. that has that I've heard. I'm sure may, maybe there's a whole scene that I'm missing. Yeah. It sounds outside every well, single thing. Bank and it's a and it and it it's amazing in that. And yeah. so I can like. Pick it up and be like, all right, this this has nothing to do. It's out of time, out of place, and almost like perfect. It it is like it's funny because like the other thing is listening to this record is that there are very few records that have come out this year that have actively made me okay, since since the Pimper Butterfly came out, I have not had a release that has hit me that has made me think about other types of songs that could exist in the world because a record came out. So mm. like now that like we have this soul jazz established thing that is happening and there's like incredible players that are involved in it. Mm-hmm. They weren't making this like soundtrack esque black exploitation mix music. They weren't, they just weren't, they were making awesome songs and they were making, a, they've made a ton of awesome songs. They've made a, a group of awesome songs that will stand the test of like, the, the modern era of soul music, but like now you're bringing in like orchestral string and you know, like arrangements yeah. you're bringing in like her voice, which is an instrument unto itself that on this record just like stands out and just stands up. Mm. There are instruments that are involved now in the making of this. There's woodwinds that are now involved. There's harpsichords and very right. light, like, you know, string instruments that come into this now. So there's colors and textures and things that are now in the conversation. And you're just like, you're, you're like, it's like you hold it in your hands and you're like, okay. And I'm starting to like parse through and I'm trying to think about like other songs. It's funny. You mentioned, um, it's funny that you mentioned, uh, Minnie Ripperton. Mm-hmm. Cause now I'm like, Oh, you can do Minnie Ripperton again now, yeah. but it could sound amazing. Yeah. Cause all this stuff now yeah. exists. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not uh, uh it's comparable to trad jazz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot about trad jazz, which I sort of your lane. Yeah, a totally. Bit. Sort totally. of your lane. And uh and well, I don't think we have 
in 2016 a good example until now of, of trad soul. No. You've got some that we've talked about and, right. and some that are, are doing it really well, but I, I don't, again, nothing quite like this where it's just like a real exploration and celebration of this particular type of thing and not having it be about that. I mean, she's not telling a narrative about a black exploitation film. No, right. not at all. No, she's no. just using the idiom and being like, okay, this is this is how we're going to do this. And, yeah. and you know, because, look, these styles don't, the, you know, the gum never goes out of style. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I scrapped this from my review, but I, because I was like, okay, this is too inside baseball. But um, I'll say this in this room because you guys may be aware of this, but it would be as if, like, um, as if Curtis Mayfield soundtracked The Trip. Like I don't know if you've seen the trip, Peter yeah. Fonda movie. Yeah, yeah I saw that. it's like it's like if if Curtis Mayfield soundtracked the trip, you would get a record that sounded like this. I can get with that. Yeah, and you're just like, and that's like, and that just like this thing that's just like, like my my brain just opens up and it's like, oh okay, all right, and you have to, and it's like, and it's weird because now you're thinking in like different like ways about like how this music should sound. And then by the time you think about how this music should sound, you're hearing like stuff like, you know, Francisco or stuff like honeycomb and mm-hmm. yeah, or stuff like even like the, the opening of the record, exactly. which sounds like, you know, like, like it's like, okay, we're on an, we're on a different astral plane. That's where we're starting this record. And then even funnier is when you go and then like, cause everybody's going to listen to this record and not know anything about her. Right. And then you're going to go back and find her bio and not know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, when you read the bio, you listen to this music, you're just going to be like, yeah. Like, okay. Okay. So she's a, she's a, she's not even like an arc android. She's literally like, like some kind of like, but, th- but that's sort of space perfect. essence. That's sort of perfect because then you, uh, you know, again, back to our conversation and something I didn't touch on was how a lot of people report on personalities, which mean dick all in, 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 <laughs> right. in the thing. It really, really just does not, Stop! Stop reporting on that. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, people report on personalities, and it obfuscates the actual art of what they're doing. Sometimes that's mm-hmm. it's a strategy because the art isn't that good. They have to be like, oh, well, this person is crazy, you know, stuff. In this, I literally don't know anything about her. I don't fucking want to know. All I know is that this piece of music exists out there, yeah. and that I can like, on occasion, on demand, like transport it into my brain. Mm-hmm. Yes, and like that's it's like okay. Yeah, I, I would say though, you know, again, just from the inside looking out as a person who assigns a lot of this stuff, I would say she needs to open up a little bit <laughs> because you know I'm I'm not saying give give everything. I mean, keep that air of mystery. But if if people people have short attention spans, so if you don't explain a little bit about what you're doing or where you're from or whatever, then people are going to tune out and then you're going to have, then we're going to be having a different conversation where it's like, Oh, here's this artist who could have been, but you know, would we be saying that or would we be saying like, here's this great underground artist who just hasn't made it. Well, yeah, we're probably, yeah, I'll admit that we'll probably be saying like, Oh, here's this great underground artist who could have done so much more. I mean, that's just me talking. Kevin, to your point, um, that that's the billboard interview. Yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna put that out there. Like that's the Billboard interview. That's the interview that I can't do a pitchfork and you can't do a Bandcamp because that's the way that our media cycle works. Yeah, they're just waiting for the Billboard look, and then when the Billboard look comes, that's when you're gonna get the full story. And that's just that. Yeah. Or the 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 maybe not maybe not the NPR look, 
Maybe the New York Times look. Well, we just had it. Uh, uh, just saying, you're like, gonna, that's you like where Margo we are right now. Yeah. Like, so I, I was actually going to be uh, putting in uh, to speak to her at the Hamilton, but mm-hmm. uh, Marin talked to her. And we're certainly not on the same level, but I listened to that, and I'm like, it's a damn good interview. Yeah. There's not, it, why, I mean, I'm not going to waste her time. Yeah, like, no. it's everything you need to know. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, I always think, like, like it, it's it's like awesome yet frustrating that things are so, like, I'm again, I look at all this because I'm a socialist, and I like things that are streamlined, and I mm-hmm. like things that are a certain order to them. And and it's frustrating because I'm like, as much as I'm a socialist, I'm also like a believer in the freedom of the press and the belief of like, you know, being able to have access mm-hmm. to stories and telling stories wherever they need to be told. But like, yeah, this is the kind of thing where like I see this thing and I just go, yeah, well, they're just waiting for this thing to like blow up the way it's supposed to blow up. And then when it's time to do the billboard story, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, Kajibone and here's her actual backstory. And then it's like it filters out to all the, you know, the 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 proper outlets surprised it didn't go to the fader but it didn't go to the fader yeah you know and it's like and so we had that that weird space and um speaking about her being open i'll just make a quick point like i would love to hopefully see like them choose like the right sort of like weird other alt artists that have existed in the universe like for her to be able to like partner with to like expand upon like because there's a certain generation that existed maybe 10 to 15 years ago. Yeah. Like like the polyphonic spree. Like yeah. artists that like do this kind of like cuz there's a there's a there's an established history of artists who are in that area even of LA like who made this kind of like I mean, I'll never forgive him for bringing up St. Vincent, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I'm just saying like there's like there's an there's this expansive like existent universe of people who really know how to make this music well and if she were able to partner with them i think that it would only bolster her creative vision and voice yeah yep i could see that yeah so uh so marcus what are you gonna do with this i i I didn't specify dowling (laughs) Uh, (laughs) or you can speak at once confuse people you go ahead i was gonna like wait for us to give like a like a go sign but no um (laughs) Cool. But no, I stream it. Stream this, like, be- only because, like, you're going to want to access, like, certain songs in this record, like, all the time. So I just say stream it because you can just hit a button and play Honeycomb, like, at various points of your day, like, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Just two o'clock in the afternoon, you're, you're either high, tired, or getting ready to, like, end your day at work. <laughs> I'm glad you went in that order. I mean, that's well, that's that's the proper order when it comes to this record. I'm just being honest. Like, yeah. It's like, oh man, I just you know like smoked the hookah and it's Tuesday yeah. afternoon and man, life is fucking slow. Yeah. You know, then you play Honeycomb or it's like, man, I've been up since 5 a.m. and I'm about to hit my third creative shift. That's me, for instance. Um, play Honeycomb or if you're yeah. like. Five o'clock is three hours away. I need to like break it down. Play honeycomb. There you go. Yeah. And so let's just stream it. I would say um, I'm definitely going to buy the vinyl because I just feel like with this sound. Of course you're going to buy the vinyl. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because with this you sound. You got that you, band camp money, dog. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. <laughs> but no. But no. Uh, Sorry. I didn't mean to <laughs> no, it's good. It's totally fine. But yeah, no. Um. This just this just seems like something that I want to hear years from now when the vinyl's all worn out and it's crackling. Yeah, and I just play it from my like shitty record player or whatever. Yeah, and it just it takes me back to this time when I first discovered it. So I, I'm gonna get the the vinyl 
for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm actually going to do the same. I'm going to go one step further. I think I'm going to trip my face off to it. I really, think <laughs> as one should, as, as 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 much as I maybe am now on my meds, trip my face. I, I think I got to figure out how to get it to the next <laughs> level because it puts me in a thing where I'm like, it's I'm safe. Like yeah. it's, it's going to be like groovy as fuck, and I'm safe, and I'm like, all right, let's let's take a swim in this. I, I think it is. Uh, I I do have a few, like I, I could ding it for being too cinematic, but as soon as I and this is why we talked about what we talked about up front, mm-hmm. so I can figure out a way around this. As soon as I remove it from like, uh, what do I think it's supposed to be? Like, how do I actually just enjoy it? Right, exactly. It's just like mm-hmm. yeah. So so just buy it and uh, trip your face off to it. There you That's go. It. So, there you go. Uh, Thank you guys for coming down, and uh, right I believe I know you'll be back. You might not be back until the end of the year. Um, you'll probably be around, but because yeah. uh, we're, we're running out of time, we got like thirteen or twelve episodes left. I mean, I'll, I'll Crazy, be easy, son. I'll yeah. be around though. Yeah, just not this upcoming weekend. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but thank you guys, and uh, always. Yeah. So, Kaji Bonet's divisor. Get it. And spring evolved her speed That blossom speaking With borrowed comfort scent From bottles made of glass Ay, sakura, mono no aware Kadia Bonet's The Visitor is available everywhere you want to buy records. And I suggest you go out and do that. You know, we suggested it. And uh, I think hopefully we 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 convinced you here. But if not, uh, just take a chance, man. Go out and get it. Spend like, what, nine bucks? Wait till it should be on sale on Amazon at some point. It's a great fucking album. So put it in your ears. Um, and hopefully... Uh, if. I, God, I hope she comes to tour out on the East Coast here, um, and uh, hopefully we can talk to her because this is all the whole package is just—it's good stuff. Uh, thanks to uh, Marcus and Marcus for coming down, and more importantly, thanks to them for coming down all year long. Uh, you know, there is—we you know, we run this out of our basement. Uh, we reach out to people and say, "Hey, would you like to talk?" And that's literally the proposition. There's nothing else. There's no cachet. Uh, gained from this you know this is just like hey do you want to come talk in a basement about music uh you can hang out with my cats and uh and both of these people who i consider my friends said uh, agreed all year long to come down and then and spend some time down here to uh turn down on on the thing that we love most the thing that we have in common uh which is music and uh so thank you uh to them for their time and thank you um for you guys for listening it's been fun. Um, before we get out of here, though, I said we're going to play a little track from April and Vista, and that's what we're going to do. This is a, a DC duo, uh, much in the in the vein of our uh, friend Sylvanesso. Hint, hint. Might want to open up for Sylvanesso, guys, or Sylvanesso might want to have them. Uh, April and Vista. April George is a, a vocalist and pianist, uh, also a violinist um, from the area, and uh, and. She's paired with one Matthew Thompson, who's a producer and engineer. Their music is somewhat uh it's it's electronical. Uh it is human, it is soul, it is 
uh, as they say on their website, it is genre bending. And, and I, I, a lot of times when people say that, that's gross. In this case, it is not. It is, um, they're very aware of their past and they are very, very aware of their potential future. So, um, rather than ramble on about them, I think what we're going to do is just play a little track here and let you get the fucking picture. So here you go. This is April and Vista's uh, Beasts. name of the track is beasts uh the name of the album is new to self or the ep name of the band is april and vista they will be playing uh at a show here tomorrow if you listen to this on thursday at a venue right here in dc called other feels 
Uh, it is a uh, bottom floor of a house, so it is a house venue, but it's it's very uh, it's a very nice house venue. Been there for one show before, and I uh, really enjoyed it. So hopefully, I'm going to make it out there. Maybe you'll make it out there. Maybe we'll see each other, and we'll be like, "Fuck, April and Vista are awesome," um, and we'll experience that together. Uh, that is our that is our podcast for this week. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in all year long. Uh, like I said, we are at the end here, and um, got one more mystery podcast left. Uh, got one more not mystery podcast. We're going to be talking about DC music on Monday. Uh, Joe Lappin from Songbird, uh, Paul Vodra and uh, from Hometown Sounds, and Mr. Marcus Dolan just left my basement. At, uh, I was right before I started recording this. Uh, we were talking about DC. Uh, the state of music, the state of everything in D.C., the state of the union, if you will. Uh, it, we meant to go. We, we went a little long, guys. It was about an hour and 40-minute conversation, and we had some feels. We had some very strong opinions. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is uh, it was a great conversation with people that are working hard to make, uh, make this, not a scene, but like promote art in the, in the place where we are and around the world. And all that stuff. Um, if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can leave us a rating or a message there. Either one is great. You can listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, SoundCloud. Uh, shit, what else? Stitcher Radio. You can do us on that. Um, if you want to send us an email, you can. it's either info at chunkyglasses.com. If you want to send us uh, specifically an email, generally... Uh, if you're one of our core group, you can uh, read us our first name at ChunkyGlasses.com. For example, I am Kevin at ChunkyGlasses.com. And uh, if you want to like send us a text or an Instagram photo, we can do that too. You can do that too. If you want to come hang out, uh, there's a little thing on the bottom that says join us. We have a couple uh, apps. Hopefully we bring some people in for the year-end thing, actually. Where um, you can sit down, hang out, talk about music all day long or as long as you like. Um, we're going to be doing a little expanding, I think, in 2017. Uh, a little changing it up. Uh, we're still going to be doing a lot of interviews, a lot of album reviews, uh, but might be doing a little differently. And for that, we need uh, we need you. You, know, you in D.C., if you've been listening to this for a while, and you're like, hey, I like to do that. If you're like Michael Zwin, Zwern, excuse me, who lives up the street, say, hey, I just realized I lived up the street. Um then uh then hit us up, come hang out. It's a good time, I think. It's been a good time for me. Uh right now I'm tired though, so <laughs> uh we're gonna end this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Get out and see some live music. Uh we're gonna talk to you in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Seriously be good to your people. And uh we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> 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 Kenobi!